We're going to go to the book of Exodus in just a moment. We're not going to read the scripture yet, but just a few moments. Exodus chapter number 13 is where we're going to go. And so if you can just turn there in your Bibles, if you don't have a Bible, it will be behind me as we look at the scripture. I ended a sermon series last week called First Things First. And, um, and so we encourage you to put God first in your finances. And today we're going to start something new. And for the next few weeks, I'm just going to preach from my heart. Uh, we're going to just preach what I feel like the spirit is leading me. I like sermon series but I don't like them all the time. And so uh, we've just got done with one. And so one of the reasons I want to do that is because Miss Tiffany is getting ready to have a baby and I don't know when that's going to happen. So I don't want to get involved in a sermon series. And so this morning I felt like I wanted to go a different route and we're going to go to the Old Testament and look at a familiar passage of story. This morning I want to preach on the thought, the dilemma test. Would you say that with me this morning? The dilemma test. Everybody shout it out. Father, we ask that you would open our ears and our hearts to hear your word, that your word would go forth in power, that your word would go forth in boldness, and that everything that is said and done would bring you the glory. And everyone shouted a great big. Have you ever been in a situation where you felt like there was no way out? Have you ever been in a situation where It was a no-win situation. That no matter where you turned, no matter what you did, there was absolutely no way out. It was a dilemma. It was a predicament. It was a situation that you didn't know what to do. Now, I'm sure all of you have been there before. I'm not sure how many of you But I could testify multiple times in my life that I've been in a dilemma, that I didn't know what to do, a predicament, that I didn't know where to go and what to say. I would even say this, that there's been situations in my life that I've been in such a dilemma that I didn't even know how to pray. And so this morning for a few moments, I want to explore what you do when you find yourself in a dilemma. And I can't think of any story in the Bible but this that demonstrates God's power in the midst of a dilemma. I am convinced that God's greatest power is demonstrated when we find ourselves in a predicament. I'm convinced that God's power is demonstrated even in our dilemmas. And there is an Old Testament story this morning where you can see God's power being demonstrated in a predicament, in a dilemma, in a situation where it looked like there was no way out and you couldn't win. But right in the middle of that predicament, right in the middle of that dilemma, you see God's power on display. And I want to turn to the book of Exodus And we're going to look at the Red Sea story. The Red Sea. I want you to see in this story in the book of Exodus, I want to give you a quick background. God's people, God's holy people, God's chosen people were delivered from a land called Egypt. That was a land of bondage. They were under Pharaoh, a hard taskmaster. But God raised up a man by the name of Moses, and Moses led God's people out of bondage. He led them out of Egypt. And when he was bringing them out of Egypt, 
one of the first obstacles that the people of God faced was the Red Sea. That was the first obstacle. It was the Red Sea. And not only the Red Sea, but the scripture says the Egyptians were chasing them. Oh, my friends, they found themselves in a dilemma. They found themselves in a predicament. The people of God found themselves in a no-win situation. In fact, they couldn't go back because if they went back, the Egyptians were chasing them. And they couldn't go forward because of the Red Sea. My friends, what do you do when the Red Sea is before you and the enemy is chasing you? What do you do? Oh, my friends, it's a dilemma. It's a predicament. It's a no-win situation. Can you just feel what those people were going through as they were holding their babies and pushing their chariots and the Red Sea was before them and they looked behind them and the enemy, the Egyptians, were chasing fiercely after them. What do you do? I am convinced that in a situation like that, you will see God's power on display. You will see God's glory on display. I, every time I've been in a rock in a hard place, every time I've been in a dilemma, I've always seen God's provision and I've always seen God's power at work. And right in this Old Testament story, you will see God's power on display when the people of God was faced with a dilemma. I want to look at four things in the story this morning. Number one, I want to look at the dilemma. I want you to look at the dilemma. Now, what exactly was the dilemma? The Bible says in Exodus 13 and verse number 17, I want you to pay attention to the wording of this narrative. Exodus 13 verse 17, when it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although it was nearer, for God said, least perhaps the people change their minds when they see no war and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went out in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. What is the dilemma? Well, this is the dilemma. God's, God led them into the dilemma. That's the dilemma. God led them into the dilemma. Look at verse number 17. It came to pass when Pharaoh let the people go that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although it was near. Look at verse 17. God led them. Verse 18. So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness. Twice you see the phrase God led. God led. What was the dilemma, my friends? It was God's will that his people go through the Red Sea. It was God's will that these people be stuck in a dilemma. I'm not sure if you heard what I just said this morning. Sometimes it's God's will that we find ourselves in a predicament. Sometimes it's God's will that we find ourselves in a dilemma. Why, preacher? Because it's only in a dilemma and it's only in a predicament that God's power is demonstrated. God led them in the wilderness. God led them by the way of the Red Sea. 
Another, the reason why it's a dilemma is because God led them the long way. Did you hear what the scripture says? Verse number 17. Verse 17, then it came to pass when the Pharaoh had let the people go that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although it was near. So God did not lead them the short way. God had led them the long way. So why is this a dilemma? Because it was God's will. And number two, God led them the long way. He didn't lead them the short way. He didn't quicken the trip. He made the trip long. It was a dilemma. Everybody shout, it's a dilemma. Not only was the way longer, not only was it God's will, but I want you to see in chapter 14, verse 3, the scripture makes the reference that God had closed them in in the wilderness. Oh, my friends. Are you listening to Pastor Josh this morning? It was God's will that these people be in a dilemma. It was God's will that the trip be real long. And it was God's will that these people were entrapped in the wilderness. They were closed in in the wilderness. But I also want you to see verse number four, Exodus chapter 14 and verse number four, then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them, and I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all of his army, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord, and they did so. So get this, my friends. It was God's will that they be in a dilemma. Number two, it was a long way. Number three, it was a closed-in way. And number four, the reason it was a dilemma, it was a hard way. Pharaoh's heart was hard. And the reason his heart was hard was because he was going to make it hard. It was hard. It was a dilemma. It was a dilemma. Now in all of this, even though it was God's will that they be in a dilemma, even though it was a long way, even though it was a hard way, even though they were closed in, I love what the Bible says in Exodus 13, verse 21. This is shouting territory right here. And the Lord went before them by day in the pillar of cloud to lead them the way and the pillar of fire by night. Even though it was God's will that these people be in a predicament, God was with these people. Hallelujah. Is there anybody that can wave your hand and say, thank God, he's always with me. He's always with me in the dilemmas of life. My friends, I want you to remember something. That when you are in a dilemma, I want you to remember this. I want you to remember, number one, when God is ready to give you a new experience with him, he will allow you to be put in a situation that only he can get you out of. Hallelujah. Can I just say that again? And is there anybody up in this Holy Ghost Pentecostal church that can testify with the preacher that you know it's true? When God is ready to give you a new experience with him, he will allow you to be put in a situation that only he can bring you out of. And when I read this scripture this week, I started shouting because I've been in some predicaments. I'm getting ready to see God's glory being demonstrated. I also want you to remember this when you're in a, when you're in a predicament. 
I want you to remember that if you are in the will of God and he's making it worse, he's using it for his glory. If it's getting worse and you're in his will, it's, he's using it. Now you got to be in the will of God. I understand there's predicaments and dilemmas we get ourselves into. But then there are some situations that God leads us into. And if you're in the will of God, my friends, if he is making it worse, he's going to use it for his glory. So number one, the dilemma. The dilemma. Number two, I want you to see not only the dilemma of this situation, but I also want you to see the conflict. Everybody shout the conflict. On the count of three, shout it as loud as you can shout it, the conflict. Not only do you see the dilemma, but you see the conflict. Look at this. Exodus 14, verse number 10. Exodus 14, verse number 10. Look at this. And when Pharaoh drew near, now look at it, the children of Israel, what did they do? They lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, so that they were very afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Verse 11, then they said to Moses, because there was no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us to bring us out into Egypt? Is this not the word that you told you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than die in the wilderness. Now, you got to read the Bible here. We're looking at the conflict. What is the conflict of this dilemma? Look really closely and you'll see something. Look at verse number 10. Look at verse number 10. And the Bible, look at the end of that verse. What did the children of Israel do when they saw the Egyptians? They cried out to the Lord. Everybody shout, they cried out to the Lord. Now I want you to look at verse number 11. And the first sentence, and they said to Moses, hold on here. One verse, they're crying out to the Lord. The other verse, they're crying out to Moses. That's the conflict, my friends. One verse, they're crying out to the Lord. The other verse, they're crying out unto Moses. The conflict was this. The conflict that they were in produced a conflict within them. The conflict that they were in produced a conflict within them. In other words, one moment, they're crying to the Lord, oh God, help us. And then the next moment, what are they doing? They're blaming Moses. Pastor, you should have left us in Egypt. We would have been better if we could have just died in Egypt than to come out here and be killed by the Egyptians in a wilderness. You see what they're doing? One moment, they're praying to God, and the other moment, they're blaming the pastor. <laughs> they're a conflict. It's a conflict within them. Boy, when I read this scripture, Pastor Doug, I got excited because there's times in my life that I cried to the Lord and then the next day I complain to a lot of people. But in the midst of all of that, God says, I'm still going to demonstrate my power. In the midst of all of that, have you ever been there before? Have you ever been there before that you cried to the Lord on Sunday and Sunday night you're still you're complaining to someone? It, it's a conflict within us because when we are faced with a conflict, 
that we feel like there's a no-win situation, when we find ourselves in a predicament where we feel like we can't get out, our emotions are everywhere. One moment we're pleading to God, and one moment we're blaming someone for the conflict. Is there anybody in the building? And you know what the people said? The people said, you should have just left us in Egypt. My friends, listen to pastor. When you find yourself in a dilemma, remember this. Don't go back when the day gets bad. Don't go back when the day gets bad. They had a bad day. You know how they had a bad day? They looked behind them and saw the Egyptians. They looked before them and saw the Red Sea. They said, Moses, you should have just left us in Egypt. They had a bad day. Oh, but hear this Pentecostal preacher. When you have a bad day, don't ever go back to your old life. Can I hear it? Don't ever go back to your old life. Don't go back. When the day gets bad, is there anybody that can just help this preacher say it this morning? Shout as loud as you can shout it. Don't. When the day gets bad, I'm not going to go back. It may be a Red Sea, but it's not a roadblock. It may be a drought, but it's not a desert. It may be a trial, but it's only temporary. It may be frustrating, but it's not going to last forever. It may hurt me, but it's not going to hinder me. It may cut me, but it's not going to kill me. It may be painful, but it's not going to paralyze me. It may be slow, but it's not going to stop me. It may scare me, but it's not going to enslave me. It may burn me, but it's not going to break me. I am coming out of this thing when it's all said and done. I'm coming out. I'm not going to go back when the day gets bad. I'm not going back. You find yourself in a dilemma, don't go back. Someone once said this, our dilemma is that we hate change and love it at the same time. What we really want is things to remain the same but get better. Oh, sometimes there's a conflict. You see the dilemma, you see the conflict Number three, you see the perspective. The perspective. Now look at this. The people are just aggravated. Send us back to Egypt. We don't want to be here. But then Moses stands up in verse 13. This is the perspective. Everybody shout perspective. Verse 13, and Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see no more forever. The Lord will fight for you. Just hold your peace. What was, what was the perspective? The perspective is this. Listen, remember what they did in the conflict? The conflict was their crying to God and blaming Moses. But then Moses stands up and says, listen, this is what the Lord is telling you to do. The Lord's going to fight for you, but you got to be quiet. Be quiet. Shut your mouth. Be quiet. The Lord will fight for you. Quit the complaining. The Lord's going to fight for you. And then the Lord gives direction. The Lord only gives direction when you get still in his presence. Look at verse 15. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. So Moses said, be quiet. And God says, move forward. Because that's the perspective. When you are quiet and you put resolve on the inside of yourself that you have faith that the Lord will take care of it, 
You remain quiet in his presence until you hear the word go forward. That is the perspective. He will fight for you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. He will fight for you. Be quiet until you hear the word move forward. When you find yourself in a dilemma, remember this. Sometimes in a dilemma, you must be quiet and do nothing. And other times you should move forward. When you're in a dilemma, remember this, that the frustration of your dilemma will be reinforced if you don't seek a spiritual perspective greater than your own. In other words, what did these people do? They sought after Moses. Moses was the spiritual perspective in their dilemma. They went to somebody higher than themselves. When you find yourself in a dilemma and a predicament that you don't know what to do, Dr. Phil can't help you. Oprah cannot help you. You got to seek a spiritual perspective higher than yourself. And sometimes when we find ourselves in a predicament and a dilemma, we want to run to everybody and complain about it. We want to seek after other sources to try to help us. But your frustration will be reinforced if you don't seek a spiritual perspective greater than yourself. That is why God gives people pastors and spiritual leaders to see things you don't see, to see a spiritual perspective you don't see. I've already made up my mind. I'm coming out of this thing, baby. I'm coming out of this thing. I'm going to seek a perspective greater than my own. You must appeal to someone who has a spiritual perspective in your dilemma. They appealed to Moses. Even though they were complaining, they appealed to him. He was the voice that they needed to hear. He was the voice. Number four, you see the solution. Exodus 14. Now, what was the solution? The solution was that they had to walk by faith. Now look at verse number, Exodus 14, verse 16. Exodus 14, verse 16. This was the solution. Verse 16. But lift up your rod and stretch it out over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. So what did the children of Israel do? They had to walk by faith. They heard the word of Moses, but they had to walk by faith. They had to walk it out. They had to obey the voice of Moses and walk it by faith. That is the solution. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 29, Hebrews eleven twenty nine. by faith, the scripture says, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry ground, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. What are you saying, pastor? The solution to their problem was that they had to walk by faith even though the Egyptians were chasing them, even though the Red Sea was before them, they had to obey the word of Moses and begin to march. And as they begin to march, God blew upon the Red Sea and split the Red Sea before them and they walked on dry ground. You see, just because you have faith doesn't mean fear is not present. Faith doesn't automatically eradicate fear. Faith overrides fear. 
Fear, you know what fear does? Fear immobilizes you while faith mobilizes you. Fear causes you to be stand still, but faith causes you to be mobilized. Faith can operate when fear is present, but you got to choose to go with faith. Now, as I was reading this, Boy, I'm, I'm just trying to contain myself. I, I don't want to shout this morning and I really want to be dignified, but sometimes I just can't. And as I was reading the scriptures this week, I promise you the Holy Spirit said something to me that I had never seen. Now, you know, as a student of scripture, there is only one revelation, many applications. And I'm not trying to build a theology with this. This is just an application for everyday practical life. And I want you to notice something in this passage. Look at verse number, look at verse number 16 again. Exodus 14, verse number 16. Look at 16. But they lifted, he lifted his rod, stretched out his hand over the sea, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground. Everybody shout dry ground. Look at verse number 22, verse, oh, excuse me, verse 21, verse 21, Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into dry ground. Everybody shout dry ground. Look at verse number 22. So the children of Israel went in the midst of the sea on dry ground. Somebody shout dry ground. Look at verse 29. But the children of Israel had walked on. What are you saying, pastor? Don't lose me. We think that the miracle is God blowing on the Red Sea and the Red Sea splitting. That's a miracle. But do you know what else a miracle is? God dried up the muddy soil and caused the soil to be dry for them to walk all over. Hold on. Because if the soil was still muddy and wet from the sea, it would be no way the children of Israel could march across the Red Sea. They would be getting in mud. They couldn't pull their chariots. They couldn't pull their belongings because they would be in mud. And mud would immobilize them. But you know what God did? Not only did he split the Red Sea, he dried up the ground for these people to walk on stability. And that's what faith will do for you. When you walk in faith, it will cause you to be stable in times of predicaments. It causes you to be stable in times of dilemma. It causes you to be able to walk on dry ground in the midst of a predicament. Because the mud represents fear. It immobilizes you. But faith causes you to walk upon dry ground. And when you walk by faith, God goes before you and he blows the Red Sea in front of you and drowns your enemy behind you because you first make a decision to walk by faith. Listen, listen. When you're in a dilemma, remember this. Faith is in your feet, not in your feelings. Faith is in your feet, not in your... You can sit there and say you believe all you want, but if you don't practice it, you don't really believe it. That's why I told you about tithing. You can say you trust God all you want with your money, but until you do it, until you make a decision that you'll be faithful, you're not growing. You can say, boy, I believe in the power of God. I believe in the church, but if you don't show up to the church, faith is found in your feet 
not in your feelings. And these people had to walk it out by faith because it wasn't in their feelings. Now, the question is this in closing, why did a dilemma have to happen? Why did God allow this? Why did God allow it? Look at it. This is the reason God allowed it. Exodus 14, verse number 31. Exodus 14, verse 31. The Bible says, Then thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt, so that the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Why does God put you in a predicament? Why does God put you in a dilemma? Because God wants you to see his power, not just feel his power. He, these people saw God working in their life. They saw something. They saw a bigger view of God. They saw God at a different level. They saw God at a different perspective. And sometimes when you find yourself in a dilemma, a predicament, a no-win situation, sometimes God allows you to be there because God is saying, I want you to see my power on display. I want you to see my glory on display. I want you to see what I can do in your life. And I don't know about you people, but I want you to know that God is moving and God hallelujah they saw God work in the middle of their predicament and instead of us complaining to wonder why it's happening to us change your perspective today maybe God allowed it for God to show himself off to you God is saying this for me to deliver you from yesterday and take you to a different tomorrow. I'm going to put you in a dilemma today. I'm going to take you out of Egypt. I'm going to bring you into a promised land. But before I bring you in, before I bring you in, and I still need to change how you think about yesterday, because you still want to be in Egypt, I am going to create a dilemma today to cause you to have a bigger perspective so you can forget about the Egypt of yesterday. I'm going to bring you in to a place I'm going to show my power to you. Did you enjoy the word of the Lord?